What is up, you guys? Welcome to Brutally Unfiltered. It's episode two. This is crazy. Also, I'm filming this episode, so it's kind of weird because like I'm literally watching myself be on camera right now, but it's like far away enough where I can't really see what I look like, so I'm hoping I look okay, and I'm trying not to like stare at myself in the viewfinder. But anyways, you guys, I hope you guys had a good week. Mine was super busy. I know you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So that's that. But I'm super excited for today's episode. Um, Before we get into it, have you guys seen that trend on TikTok right now? Like the, if they're a blank, but blank, like basically, I think a couple of them were like, oh, she's a 10, but she has like she posts fit checks or like he's a seven, but he cooks for you or whatever the case is. And I was like, damn, like it really made me think like how much can look save you on the scale? Because the reality is for me, like you can be really hot and I will definitely acknowledge that. I will definitely be the first to be like, that guy's fine. And even a hot girl, I'd be like, you know, she's hot. But if you're like a dickhead or if you're just like, I don't know, I guess everything is up to perception. So maybe like certain things I'm like, ill, that's ick or that makes you like unattractive to me. But it's so crazy listening to some of these, like the whole fit check thing. If she has like long eyelashes, if she's like basic, whatever that means, which is another subjective word. But it just made me like crack up a little bit because it's so true. Like, yes, looks get your foot in the door. But at the same time, like if you have like some weird things you do or like you're just strange, then I feel like that definitely takes you down in the scale because I don't know, for me, looks aren't everything, but they are the initial thing. Like I'm not even going to try and cap on that. People who are like, I don't care about looks. Like I just care about personality. You're a liar because that is, you're telling me you're going to go for the gremlin looking person. Okay. That was really uncalled for. And I really didn't have to say it like that. But the truth is like physical attraction is one. It's what's going to get you initially. Like that's, what's going to attract you to someone that's going to make you be like, Oh my God, like they're kind of cute now because they're physically attractive to me. I want to get to know them. So I just think it's really funny that like we all like have this like conception or like understanding of someone based on how they look. And then sometimes when you get to know them, you're like, wow, wait a second. (laughs) You are not like the person I thought you were at all, which is totally fine, right? Obviously, like there's a lot more to people than their looks. But I just think that trend is so funny because I'm like, I would literally get flamed because I used to do fit checks. I don't do them anymore. And they were honestly just for like the girls and gays on my like private story. It wasn't like I posted it to a bunch of people. I think sometimes if I felt like I looked really hot, maybe I did it. (laughs) But even then, that's some down bad behavior. But never again. And it's so cute, you guys. I'm recording. This is like off topic. But my dog is literally sitting next to me because I'm recording in my living room on my couch. And she's just like chilling in her bed next to me. And she's sleeping. And she just looks so precious and wholesome. Enough talk about that. Can we talk about if there's a such thing as right person, wrong time? Okay, because I was literally talking about this with um, a friend of mine, and she was saying that she does believe like you can meet the right person at the wrong time, like in your life, and like maybe if they had come in at a different time, then like things could have worked out. And obviously, like 
when we were talking about this, we were kind of talking about it in the context of like relationships, specifically like a partner, um, whether that's a guy or girl, you know, whatever you're into, but specifically in that regard about like some people like they're everything and more for you, but they come in at the wrong time. So then like, that's why things don't work out. And she said that she did agree like that you can meet some, the right person, but you meet them at the wrong time. And that's why like things go south or like things don't go the way they're supposed to. But literally, like, I don't believe in that. Like, I don't think there is a such thing as right person, wrong time. Because like, in my opinion, like, I believe in like the universe and like, manifesting and like divine timing and like however you want to label it it's like because I believe in divine timing like I don't think there are any mistakes or like errors or blips ever like that happen I like believe that like the universe does everything like in a calculated in a perfectly calculated way if that makes sense so because everything happens for a reason I just feel like the people that you're meant to feed meant to meet will find you and so like I don't know, for me personally, like I try to really live out the I don't chase, I attract mentality. And that's not in a way of like, I don't chase, like he's gonna have to be obsessed and beg me. No, I just realistically mean like, in all regards of my life, like I don't want to constantly be running after something, I want to trust the universe. And just like exude the energy and aura that I am and trust that the universe is going to give me the right opportunities, the right people, and the right challenges and learning lessons that I need. So because I feel like I have that mentality, I feel like what that kind of translates to in that regard for like right person, wrong time is that when you meet someone that like is meant for you like they are the right person you're meeting them exactly when you're supposed to because the universe has divine timing like exactly when that person came into your life was exactly when you were supposed to meet them and when they leave is exactly when they were supposed to leave like people only stay in your life for as long as like they're serving the purpose that the universe has given them right in the same way that you only stay in their life for as long as the you as long as you wait hold on you only stay in their life for as long as you are supposed to fulfill a purpose in their life, right? Like the universe has mutually made you guys cross paths because you're both going to fulfill a purpose in each other's lives, which is why I don't believe there's a such thing as right person, wrong time, because you're meeting people when you're supposed to meet them and you're separating from them or like ending things with them or leaving them when you're supposed to. Like they leave when they fulfilled our purpose in the same way that we have fulfilled theirs. And like, exactly, like there's no way they can be the right person at the wrong time because they're presenting themselves exactly when they are supposed to be. And I feel like, again, this is applicable to more than just relationships and partnerships. Like I was saying, like, I think like the right person, wrong time can be said about a lot of things. Like some people are like, well, like it was the right job. It was the right opportunity, but it was just the wrong time. Like, no, like that opportunity, that challenge, that issue, that event, that experience, it happened exactly when it was supposed to. It couldn't have come at a better time or worse time. It happened exactly when it was supposed to. But that's just my personal belief. I don't know. What do you guys think? Like some people I know do think that there is a such thing as a right person, wrong time. And that like if they had met maybe a partner or someone or had the chance to do things again, they think like now being the version of them that they are um they would be like 
more equipped to help that relationship go well or flourish or actually be healthy or actually take advantage of that opportunity, whatever you want to say. But I just feel like that's really not realistic because it's like obviously that experience, that person, that opportunity happening and everything going the way it did cultivated you to be the person you are right now that claims to be ready to do that. So then without that experience, you would never be the version of you that you are today that now has like more experience under their belt and kind of like a better understanding of relationships, of experiences, and just like life lessons. So I don't think that's a thing, but that's just my, that's my tea. I don't know. Maybe it is. Like maybe some people think that and that's fine. I just don't. But okay, we're going to get down now to what we're actually going to be talking about in this podcast, which I'm like super excited for. Um, It's the art of finessing. Oh my God, you guys, I could talk about finessing forever. And maybe the word finessing does have a negative connotation because it has like this stigma that you are essentially like taking advantage of someone, like hitting a lick because like, they don't know they're being finessed most of the time. So that could be like a negative thing if you're like, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity or the circumstances. But that's like the beauty of finessing is that like there no harm, no foul type thing, you know, like you're not hurting anyone. You're just hitting a lick and that's it. Um, also because I take a lot of pride because my friends gas me up way too much. They shouldn't, but they do. And they like to call, like, say, like, I'm the one that finesses, like, everything for us, which is not, like, true, like, in a regard, like, mostly in social settings and only when it's absolutely required, like, free drinks at the bar and stuff like that. But honestly, I don't even know how this happened because, like, when I first started going to bars, like, that, you know, like, obviously there's that whole concept of free drinks. And if you don't get free drinks, you have to pay for your own drinks and buy your own drinks. And like, obviously drinks are not cheap and your girl is not balling like that, especially on times when I would usually go to bars like two times in a week, like two nights in a row, or like at least once a week, that's still a lot, like two drinks, that's like 30 bucks in one night. And then you have to think about like your Uber and like all these other expenses that go into going out. So once I realized that I just couldn't, well, actually, no, here's the thing. I didn't want to do that. Like, quite frankly, I think I, I think (laughs) I do have like a God complex, which I think everyone should like quick, just know everyone should be confident and slightly like into themselves, not in a cocky, demeaning way where like you make other people feel like less. But I definitely think a lot of people could take more out of life if they were just more confident and more like not obsessed with themselves, but acknowledging that they're a dope person, that they're pretty, that they're attractive and that they bring shit to the table. Like, come on now. But anyways, yeah. So once I decided like basically I just decided I was like, I don't want to pay for drinks. I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to. So then I was like, okay, well, if I'm not going to pay for drinks, then I have to figure out like how I'm going to get someone to buy me said drink. And the thing is you can never look thirsty. That's the thing with finessing is you have to like seem like you'd be fine if you didn't get whatever it is you're trying to finesse, right? Like you're used to that kind of 
commodity, luxury, whatever you want to call it. Like whether it's like finessing like your way into a party, into a club, into a bar, finessing your way into a table, finessing your way into some drinks, finessing – literally you can finesse anything in life, getting like a new job, a promotion. Like literally finessing is applicable to anything. But the thing about it is you have to like go into it with like confidence and like sort of like as if you already have ownership of whatever it is that you want, right? So like that was like the first thing I caught on. I realized that like especially too talking to like guys that I go to school with, that I'm friends with, that I go to bars with, um, they've all kind of come to the understanding that like, yeah, some girls will only talk to you to get a drink, right? And they can like uh, – well, some of them are stupid. Men are pretty dumb sometimes, which is why like I have been able to finesse the way I finesse because I don't e- – sometimes I don't even know how I do it because quite frankly, I don't even believe – what's coming out of my mouth. So I don't know how they do. But a lot of them would express to me like they could tell that like the girl was only like feeding into the conversation or entertaining them because like they were like, oh, um, like they want to drink. And that's why they're talking to me. Not necessarily because like, oh, like she's cool. I like her enough. You know what? Why not buy her a drink? Because that's like realistically what's happening, right? Like a guy isn't buying you. Well, actually – I don't know. You know, I don't know a man's intention, but this is what I believe based on what I've heard from my personal friends. Um, They usually like will only buy a girl drink if it's like they're talking to her. They really vibe with her. They really like, you know, have a good energy going. And so, you know, basically they like really fuck with her. So they are like, oh my God, like, let me get you a drink. Like, you know, you're cool. Like here's a drink, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe like ask for her number, ask for her social media, whatever, or like hang out with her that night. The point is like when they do this, they run the risk of like obviously this girl was just like trying to get a drink and then she dips out on them, right? So taking that into consideration, I was like, okay, so like when I do this, I can't appear like that is what I'm trying to gain from this person, right? Finessing is all about like putting on a show if you really think about it. Like Every time I do it, I'm not myself. I literally take on an alter ego. It's my drunk alter ego or not my drunk alter ego. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, basically like my alter ego when I'm no longer sober, right? When I'm under the influence and I just embrace that. And I mean, now it is like essentially who I am, but, and I don't get as nervous doing it, but I remember I used to get so nervous all the time because I was always like, I'm going to choke and like I'm going to get nervous or I'm going to say the wrong thing or like what if this guy is like super weird and like ew he's kind of grimy or like yeah he's hot but then that makes me nervous like all these things just like running through my head but that's exactly back to what I was saying originally like it's all about like finessing it's an art and in order to perfect it like you got to act like you know what you're doing right But anyways, yeah. So then basically like we started going out to bars more often. And when I realized like, I mean, every now and then like the guy would approach my friend group and not always just like they would approach me, but just in general, like approach my friend group, someone in my friend group and be like, hey, like, and you know, like pull them to the side or just like engage in a conversation one-on-one with either myself or someone in the friend group, essentially, you know, to like be like, oh, you're cute, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the BS they be throwing. Like they don't say that to every girl that walks by them. Um. And then they'd go off, right? And then I would just – I'm a big observer. So I would just like people watch in general and I'd be like, okay, like let me see what's going on. Like let me see what this is about because obviously like 
when you first start going to bars, like obviously it's a very different scene. It's a very different dynamic experience than like frat parties and just college parties in general, which is what I was used to, where there's a bar and you literally just go and you can serve yourself or there's like someone serving, whatever the case is, or you just pregame on your own, right? So paying for a drink or going up and asking for a drink was never like a thing. So obviously you kind of learn that as you go. And thankfully, like some of my friends, like they were older or they had already been to bars beforehand. And like my best friend Kate's boyfriend, Danny, who I think is listening to this. But yeah, like Danny would be super cool. And he would like go and like get like me a drink sometimes. Like he would get Kate a drink and then just get one for me. Like super nice. Love him for that. Um, But yeah, so then it's like I never was like the one like – confident enough to be like oh I'm gonna go to the bar myself and get a drink right because I was like "Ooh, this is like uncharted territory like this is kind of scary like I don't really know what's going on and like also what the hell am I supposed to order I'm only used to getting literally alcohol rubbing in tiny mini plastic shot cups like what is this about and so like the more I thought about it I was like you know what no like we this is this is a we, we got this it's really not that deep so Basically, one day, like when we went out, we just went out. And honestly, like I literally, like I said, I took on a completely different like alter ego and then I just ran with it and literally finessed. And I got my drinks, got my friend drinks. It was vibe. It was good. And I was like, wait, why was that so easy? So then from that point on, um, I guess unconsciously, yet consciously at the same like subconsciously and consciously I was like essentially perfecting my art of finessing without like realizing I was like obviously at first it was more of a like I don't really know how to do this like I'm trying to figure it out and then the more I did it like the more I realized I was like kind of good at it so I was like hmm like it could just be like you know I just got, I looked out. I just have really good charisma. No, I'm totally kidding you guys. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, I do, I think I'm a very like sociable person. Like it's really easy for me to have conversations, I guess. And so I guess that could be considered charismatic, but I also don't think that's required to like finesse people. Like I just throw that in for the extra like cherry on top when I do it, but it's really just not a need. Before we talk about the art of finessing, I have to give you some context. Unspoken Riz effect. Okay. So if you don't know what that means, I'm going to break it down for you. Okay. Riz is basically like your ability to impress like the opposite gender or the same gender. Essentially, your ability to impress whoever it is you're trying to get attention from or like who you're trying to get at. So like if I was trying to get at a guy like unspoken Riz effect or my Riz would be like my ability to get that guy, right? Unspoken Riz is the ability to do that without saying anything. So it's like (laughs) unspoken Riz. Um, Okay. If you're familiar with Kai Sinat and Duke Dennis, they're like Twitch streamers. They're like YouTubers also. They do a lot of like social media stuff. So if you're familiar with them, they are considered the quote unquote OGs of the unspoken Riz effect, specifically more Duke Dennis and his little like hand wave motion. He goes like this to like girls and then they like cream themselves and go to him. I I don't know. I've never experienced it firsthand. However, 
when the moment comes, I don't know what will happen. But anyways, that's so incorrect, okay? When I – I saw, like, a couple TikToks about it, like, a really long time ago when, like, Unspoken Riz was, like, a big thing and, like, that whole trend on TikTok was happening with the, like, hand motion thing. Okay, they are not the OGs. Women. Women, period, are the OGs of Unspoken Riz Effect. And if you don't believe me, I'm literally going to give you two different examples of unspoken raise effect that are well known by like everyone and their mama hiking up our leggings mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you're not saying nothing but you are saying everything by doing that okay guys know exactly what i'm talking about and girls you do too you know why you do it and that's fine i respect it it's a hustle and the second thing is the fuck me eyes again another unspoken riz Literally, you're not saying anything, but you're saying a whole lot, and that's gonna pull some pull some men for sure. Okay, but to its core, unspoken riz effect is literally just all about your energy and your vibe. It's what you exude that draws people in. It's literally the way you like the way I would say you know you have good unspoken riz effect is if you move as if you've already pulled before you even try. Okay. If that doesn't make sense, basically what I'm trying to say is like, whenever you're like trying to get at someone, whenever you're trying to like get a girl's attention, get a guy's attention, whatever the case is, or you're trying to like convey that you're into them, you find them attractive, whatever you are doing everything you're doing as if you already pulled them. Like you're not sweating if they give you attention or not, even though you want their attention, you know, you are moving in a way where you're like, I already know I'm going to get their attention, so I'm not even pressed about it. (laughs) Unspoken risk effect, like, you know when you've been affected by unspoken risk effect. And if you still don't get what I'm saying, literally just go on YouTube or Google Duke Dennis unspoken risk, and you'll see a video of him literally pulling a girl by waving his hand, right? And obviously he's doing something in that case, but sometimes something as simple as eye contact and like just putting that energy out there being like, I'm going to bag you. Okay, but not in, oh God, this sounds like terrible. It sounds like a cocky, like I'm going to get you even if you don't want me to. Like, no, it's not like that. It's walking and exuding confidence of like, you don't just mean that about her. You mean that about anyone in the room. If you want to bag someone in the room, and that doesn't mean like you're going to bang them, by the way. I just mean like get their attention. That's what I mean by bag to clarify, by the way. But like you could do that with anyone in the room, but like you like her so or like him. So that's what's happening right now, right? So now that we've like prefaced with unspoken risk effect, we are going to actually talk the art of finessing, okay? There are four key things that are required to perfect it. From my experience, and this is how I've been able to successfully do it. If you don't know me personally, maybe you don't believe me, but that's fine. That's fine. I I know what I've finessed and that's good enough for me, okay? The four things are confidence, one, obviously. Two, reading your audience. Three, making said audience feel special or heard. And four, having an escape plan, okay? Those are the four key factors to successfully perfect the art of finessing, okay? 
First of all, confidence. Again, back to the unspoken riz. If you have the unspoken riz effect, slay. It's like a bonus, a little power up in finessing. But if you don't feel like you have unspoken riz effect, which again, like I said, it's not anything you possess. It's literally a mindset. It's energy. It's the way you carry yourself, okay? It's not something you physically obtain or you can ever physically work towards getting, okay? It's all about – it's all in your head. Literally, everything is in your head. And the second you get out of your head is when everything is going to start to, like, happen for you, okay? Own your shit, okay? Walk in there like you are the baddest bitty in the room and everyone's obsessed with you, okay? Walk into the function, social setting, the bar, the party, the whatever it is, okay? The dance floor, whatever the case is. You have to walk in with confidence, okay? No one is going to get themselves sweet-talked by someone who's not confident, okay? If you're not confident, if you're like, oh, I just I just really like – yeah, like a drink would be nicer – I like I like dancing at like table sections and like I like free stuff and like maybe I want to go on your yacht boat like I don't know no like there's a difference between being coy and confident and a completely different thing of being like shy and like being like I don't know if I can do this like no first of all tell that thing that mindset to shut up okay you need to walk into this place whatever it is the environment that you will be finessing in as if you own the place, okay? With that goes, do not do, if you're going into like a bar or um, like a social setting where like you normally would do what a lot of people like to call a lap around, don't do it. That is like the worst thing I've ever heard. I mean, maybe if it works for you, go off, but I personally don't think it's an effective method because you make yourself look really unavailable. Like you make yourself look like, oh, she's busy. She's walking around. Like you're not stationary. You're walking around. So it's going to be really difficult for someone to approach you or someone to want to come up to you or like have their eye on you if you're just like mobbing around the whole time. And like I understand that a lot of people do that because they're like, oh, like I want to scope it out, see what like we got going on, see if there's any potential candidates or like whatever the case is or like easy targets, however you want to label it. Don't do it. Like I, I've tried all all methods you can think of for the most part um, unless they require a lot of work, then I probably haven't tried them because I – my – okay, also clarification, my finessing is like little to no work, okay? Like you basically like give them an inch and let them make a mile with it type thing. So – That and also when you're walking around, like it kind of like exudes that you are kind of like trying to look for a finesse, like you are trying to get a free drink or get into a table section or like do certain things if that's the environment you're in. Because like obviously everybody knows we're all aware that like women are finessing drinks from men and even some men from men and men from girls, whatever the case is, we're aware that in bar and like um, club settings, people are getting, you know, (laughs) finesse for free alcohol or free like social status in the sense of like getting a table or like whatever the case is. But anyways, number one is confidence. Okay. Okay. Also another part of being confident and like being, you know, 
okay with that whole like vibe of like, okay, I own this. I got this. I'm going to finesse is also not rejecting potential candidates just because you're like, oh, he's not cute or like whatever. Who cares if he's not cute? We're not talking to this kid to like date him and marry him. We're literally entertaining him to hit our lick and then dip, okay? So don't stray away potential candidates just because you think they're not up to par. That's irrelevant. A drink is a drink. Your finesse is your finesse. So your means to finessing are irrelevant, okay? And this is going to be important when we talk about the third point, which is like making your audience feel heard or special. Okay, so into my second point, which is reading your audience, okay? That is going to be circumstantial based on how the finesse is taking place, okay? If you're approached by someone, do not like, uh, how do I say this? Don't, um, don't seem interested, okay? And this isn't in a way of like, you're rude and you're like, I don't want to talk to you, like get away from me. No, this is like, you're going to be very like playful, very coy, very like confident and everything. But like, don't have this man thinking like, oh yeah, she was waiting for me to come over here. Okay. So whenever said person comes over, starts talking to you, like you're going to talk to them. But again, like I said earlier, you are giving these people an inch and letting them make a mile with it. You're not the one running laps. They are okay. They're trying to get your attention. Even though you're the finesser, that's how you have to think. Like they want you, not you want them. Okay. Because if you're the one that's the one in need or the one that wants something, that's the energy that you're going to put out there and that's going to draw them away or just like not have them as attracted to you. Whereas if you're moving in a way where you're like, oh, you want my attention? Oh, you want to talk to me? Oh, you want to buy me a free drink? You're exuding the energy of, again, you don't need this lick, but you would appreciate it, okay? So, Reading your audience is important because when they first come up to you, aside from, like I said, coming off as like very nonchalant, very relaxed, this happens to me all the time. What's up? How's it going? I love having a good time. You have to read your audience to know how exactly you are going to point number three, make them feel special and heard, okay? Is this an older guy? Is this a younger guy? Is he your age? Um, is he, you know, you can tell people's vibes pretty quickly. Like, is this like a ultimate frat star man? Is this like a guy that's into sports? Is this a guy that listens to Yeet and Playboy Cardi? Like, what vibes is our audience exuding, okay? And for the most part, I'm gonna say, like I said earlier, never knock you know, knock it till you try it in the sense that like, don't just like brush someone off because you think like they might not be it. Cause sometimes I have the urge to be like, Oh my God, no, he's my age. He knows what game this is. Like he's not going to buy me a drink, but there have been a couple times when it's happened. And what's the worst thing that I've done is like, okay, I wasted five minutes talking to a guy, whatever move on. There's still so much time in the night. So it's really not that serious. And that looks way better than you looking unapproachable and rude by all the spectators watching you tell the guy that you're not interested, right? If you're genuinely like, oh, this guy's weird, or like, I really don't care for it. Then like, I guess say no. But again, as what I I think I'm a pretty good finesser. And as a good finesser, like, it's all about 
not putting yourself in a position where you're like, I'm better than you, okay? Or like, I'm too good for you, okay? No. You're the one finessing and you need to understand that to a certain extent, this person has something you want, right? Are you going to exude that need for what they have? No. But you still need to understand that you do have to like play into it a little bit, right? So like, don't be a dick. Okay. Once you read your audience, move accordingly, okay? So like, Once you have an understanding of what this person is like going to be like in your conversation, tailor to that, okay? So the example, if this guy is older, okay, um, what I usually do, okay, this is also because you have, I essentially make assumptions, which could, you know, result very poorly because assumptions make an ass out of you and me, but the way I would go about it is obviously this is an older man, right? Either he has a family and he's a horrible person or he had, you know, a partner that he's no longer with and he's just trying to live his best lo- best life, right? Those are two completely different personas and you need to learn how to quickly read them, okay? So once I decide, okay, this man is this vibe or this vibe, then I move accordingly. If he's a man that I know he's a piece of trash and like he has a family at home, but he's just being like, acting like he's still a 21-year-old bachelor, that's not my business, okay? It's not my place to put judgment on the man because at the end of the day, it's either going to be me or another girl hitting that lick. And if it's going to be me, it's going to be me, okay? So if that was the case, okay, then I'm going to tailor to that. So I'm going to start being like, oh my God, like, you know, like, what do you do? And like, most of these men, you know, will tell you about their profession briefly, they're not going to go into details, because like, they're not trying to mix their social fun life with their personal private work life, right? So you're just gonna be like, Oh, my God, like, that's so cool. Like, blah, blah, blah. If you know anything about their profession or career, you can add on to it. If you don't, then let it go. From there, you're going to navigate and gear the conversation towards like, him okay make sure again you're giving them an inch and letting them make a mile with it if he's like oh what do you do like are you in college just be like yeah like I'm in school whatever move on always redirect the conversation back to him why because here is the key thing and this is why I'm saying you need to make them um feel special and heard is because when people walk away from the conversation if they were the ones doing the most talking they're gonna feel like they gained a lot. They're going to feel special. It's just a psychology thing. Like it's really not that deep. It's not that serious. It's just human nature. Whereas if like they walk away feeling like they weren't talking a lot and they were just listening, they're going to be like, damn, like that bitch was talking about herself the whole time. Right? So not only does this obviously like help cater towards your situation of you eventually hitting the lick of the free drink or the table or whatever it is you're trying to get, but also this can you know, translate in the future. If you ever do bump into this person again, one, it was like a positive interaction. And two, they're gonna be like, Oh my God, that girl is so fun. Such a good time. Like I want to talk to her again, which I have had that happen to me past people I've finessed see me again. But the thing is I never leave on a bad note with anyone I finessed and don't worry, I'm, I'm going to show you how to do it. So don't even trip. But that's why every time they see me again, it's like, I already did the work last time and now I just get to finesse like the amount of like men. And also it's because I visit some of the same spots that are in the same general area. So it also makes sense because of that. But anyways, back to like our main point, reading your audience, that's going to be important because like if you're not really catering your conversation or like what it is like that's going on, 
then you're not going to be able to successfully hit that lick, okay? And then also it's really important to read your audience because then you need to know, is this person here alone or do they have a group? Are they here with their bro, their best man? Like, is this their bestie? Are they here with a group of guys? Like, what is the vibe? And the thing is, you also have to understand the vibe of your own group. Like, sometimes I go out with my friends and, like, some of them are willing to, you know, um, kind of, contribute to my licks in order to get the successful finesse for everyone, if that makes sense. So like they're willing to sometimes like talk to the whole like friend group or whatever, just to be like, okay, Jessica's like taking on like the main person that we're going to be finessing so that the rest of us can like get in on that. So we're going to entertain like the minute like obstacles that could like impede the finesse, right? But then other times I've gone out with friends, sometimes the same friends that just that night aren't feeling it where they're like, oh, like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Like if you can finesse for us, cool. If you can't, you can't, which bestie, you can do it either way. Let me just tell you that. But again, understanding your audience, like your audience that you're coming into the social setting with and the audience that you're meeting in that social setting is going to be super important in order to understand how you're going to finesse. Like everything is about like the energy you carry into it, the way you carry yourself and the way like you're speaking, okay? The way you're talking, the way you're acting, okay? So reading your audience, also like understanding that like maybe like this person is gonna require a lot of work to finesse. Like once you like do it a couple of times, you kind of like get a feel and a vibe of like, okay, this guy is gonna take a lot of work or like this girl, whatever the case is. Personally, I only really finesse men because I would never finesse a woman. But um, yeah, so like for me, it's like, okay, this guy seems like he's pretty high maintenance and he's gonna be like bothering me all night. No thanks. Like I'll end on a good no and then I'll dip out. Like to me, it's not worth, you know, you got to weigh out the pros and the cons of the finesse. And if it's worth going through all the work of finessing the person. And actually, now that I think about it, this is literally like giving con man energy, which like in no negative way do I finesse. I Every finesse I've ever done has never like caused harm to anyone, like maybe to their bank account, but that's their own fault, not mine, because I didn't tell them to swipe their card. Okay. I didn't do anything. But, um, yeah, as I was saying, um, you kind of have to feel the vibe of that, of like reading your audience. And then if you're like, oh, this is going to be easy or this is going to be something that I am like going to be fine and comfortable with, because that's also really important is your comfortability. You never want to put yourself in a position where you're uncomfortable or whatever, because like that is going, the other person is going to feel that not only in your facial expressions and your body language, but also in the way like you are speaking to them and kind of like the way you are managing yourself in the interaction. Cause like, it's very difficult to like hide when you're uncomfortable because you're uncomfortable. You're not going to be like engaged in the same way. Whereas if you are comfortable and understand like in the back of your mind, this is not a real conversation. This is just a finesse. Um, and that kind of carries us into the next thing, which is making that audience feel special or heard. Again, because I personally only finesse men, I've realized that when they feel like they're different or like they're the anomaly, then like they think they're cool or more better. So then that makes them feel more validated. So then they're more inclined to one, like want to buy you a drink or want to like welcome you in their table. But also a guy doesn't want to be with a girl or like talking to a girl, especially in like a bar social club setting, if he feels like she's not into him. You know what I mean? And am I actually into any of these men? 
Hell no. I hate them all. I, I'm a man hater to my core, which is why I only finesse men. Um, but yeah, but it, again, literally, like I said, it's a show. It's an act. You just are hitting your lick. And once you hit your lick, you drop the act and you dipped. Okay. That's literally, it's not that serious. Okay. But again, you have to make them feel special. So once you figure out like, okay, I read my audience is kind of the vibe that they give. This is the vibe. Like I got to give in order to like match their frequency. Um, and entertain them essentially, like literally act like you care about whatever it is they're talking about. If they start talking about stocks, oh my God, I love stocks. Like tell me more. Like I want to invest in stocks. If they start talking about baseball, basketball, just like say some random BS, like that makes it seem like you're interested. And like, honestly, at the end of the day, play dumb because there's nothing a man loves more than feeling like he's explaining or like teaching something to a woman. And maybe that's sexist of me to say, but it's like the truth. Okay. And again, finessing is based on like sexism and misogyny a little bit. Like if you think about it, because like the reason women are able to finesse drinks so easily is because like these men are disgusting and filthy. Okay. So it's just a show. It's just an act. It's not that serious. It's not that deep. So let's not make it that. Okay. You just getting your drink, getting your seat at the table, getting into the yacht boat party, getting entrance into the club faster, like whatever the vibe is, okay? You need to give them something to feel special, okay? So sometimes like if this is like someone I see regularly, which there's only been two people that that's ever happened to me to, they gain a nickname. I start calling them a name. So now they think they're special. And sometimes I'm even nice and like I'll dab them up or like give them like a side hug. But again, this is just what I'm comfortable with. This is my my vibe. This is not something I'm saying you have to do in order to achieve the finesse. I'm just speaking from experience. Okay. But this same concept applies to bars and clubs. If you frequently like visit the same location, same place, or like you're a regular at a spot that's like in your town or like in your area, or like you eventually want to become a regular at a certain place, like you want people that work there to know you or create a relationship with you, stuff like that. Not in like a, like a, romantic way but in a platonic like oh my god I know the bouncer blah 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 type of way you need to again same thing read your audience and cater to them there's going to be some security bodyguards that will never budge or have a soft spot for women or like men that visit their venue or location right there's just some people that are like that and that's fine but you got to weed out the ones that are going to be like the type of people that you can kind of like talk to and entertain in that sense. But like I said, you need to like weed those people out because once you weed them out, those are the people you want to start saying hi to, giving extra attention to while in your line, in your it, while you're in line. The amount of times I've done this is like I can't even remember. I do it everywhere I go even if it's the one and only time I'll ever go. And I do it to every single like bouncer, security guard, bartender, like whatever the case is. And I do this for guys and girls because um, they're employees there. So I'm not trying to finesse them. I'm trying to build a relationship with them that is going to allow me to finesse in the future, whatever that means, right? So like an example of this would be like 
going up in line, like you're talking to the bouncer, right? He like asks you for your ID. You're like, oh, hi, like, how's your night going? Like, how are you? Like, if it's my first time going to a place, I'm like, oh, like, it's my first time here. Like, what do you think about the vibes? Like, what do you think about the place? Like, is it busy? And again, wait. In this entire conversation that I'm having, I'm making them feel seen and heard maybe because I'm like paying them interest. But you have to remember these bartenders hear this from like or like security guards or bouncers hear this from like a hundred different people and especially girls, especially drunk girls like who are just like, oh my God, hi, like blah, blah. So you have to stand out. And for me, the way I stand out is like one, I ask for their name. And then that's it. I walk into the venue. I go in whatever. Okay, this is personally what works for me. Again, clarification. It might not work for everyone. But once I ask their name, I make sure to remember it. Okay? That is going to be key because that's how they are going to feel special. Okay? Once I'm either leaving the club, running into them in the club, whatever the case is, I make sure to address them with their name. So like, let's say the the bouncer at the entrance, his name was Daniel, right? Okay. And then I'm like going in the club and like I go to the bathroom and now he's like manning the bathroom area. And I'm like, oh my God, hey, Daniel, like, how are you? Like, how's your shift going? Like, keep talking to him. He might not recognize you at first. He's just gonna be like, oh, damn, how does this girl know my name? But that's obviously going to make you stick out to all the other girls who are just like, oh my God, hi, bestie. Like, what are the vibes? Okay. Again, if I, when I'm leaving, if I don't see that person again before I leave, I make it essential that I see them again before I leave. So whether that's making sure to say bye to them before I go or just like figuring out a way to make it like a coincidence that I run into them. In the long run, this is going to be so beneficial. Like remembering people's names and making them feel seen and special, especially when they're like dealing with a bunch of like people all at once is going to make you stand out. And it's going to, like I said, make it easier to finesse. Like this one bouncer that I know at one of like the clubs in my spot, he recognized me for so long, whatever. He gave us a booth. Like at our table. Was that a finesse? Did I take anything from him? No, but I got a special privilege for me and my group to like sit down at a table, right? When like they were saying we couldn't sit at tables. Again, these are just like minimal things that in the grand scheme will help you not only build your sort of like finesse confidence, but also they're going to help you just long, long run, just have more enjoyable experiences in social settings like bars, clubs, whatever the vibe is, okay? So now the last thing that is super important for finessing is escape plan. If you do not have an escape plan, I can't help you, okay? Don't even bother finessing. If you're not gonna be, and if you don't have an escape plan, but you're quick on your toes, then you're fine. Cause like, that's my vibe. Like I'm the type of person that it's like, if we got caught, don't worry. Like I'm just gonna lie us out of it type of thing. So like, if you feel like you can't think quick on your feet, then you always have to have an escape plan, which is why this is part of it. I don't care. Like have an escape plan. I always have an escape plan planned, even though I know I can be quick on my feet because if you don't, 
you're going to be screwed, okay? And what I mean by escape plan is figuring out how you're going to remove yourself from the situation. So if your end goal finesse was getting a drink, how are you going to remove yourself once you've gotten that drink? If your end goal was getting into a table at a club, okay, once the party is over or the club has closed, how are you going to remove yourself from that situation? How are you going to remove yourself from those men? If your end goal was getting into a yacht club or party, like how are you going to remove yourself from that situation? Sometimes certain finesses don't require you to remove yourself. If multiple people are finessing the same kind of like person, like for example, the yacht club party, like that's probably not going to be necessary because everyone's probably going to be leaving at the same time. And there's probably a large group there. So it's not going to be the end of the world if you just like dip out, you know, but when you're one on one talking to a person or one on one talking to a group like at a table, that is going to require a little bit more effort in order to escape and dip out without them feeling used and whatever. In certain cases, it doesn't matter. The escape plan is irrelevant because like for me, if I'm going somewhere that I know I'm never going to go again and I'm going to finesse someone or like based on the conversation we had, I know I'm never going to see them again. Like if they're like, oh, I'm visiting from blank state, like my friends go to college out here or something random like that. I'm not going to be too worried about seeing this person again. So quite frankly, I'm going to get my drinks, say my goodbyes and dip and not really think about it too deeply. But if I'm in an area where I know I'm going to be here again and there's a possibility of me running into this person or there's a possibility that it could turn very like not good, which is again, something you want to avoid when finessing. That is why being comfortable is important. Like the second you start feeling like I have a bad like gut feeling or like this person is off or this man is just being way too pushy or way too touchy, then you need to like cut the situation off immediately. Um, which I have had experience. And like, again, like you just have to be quick on your toes and like get rid of that person or get rid of that man. Um, If you need to like ask the club people for help, they are not going to care that you're trying to finesse them. They know the vibes and your safety is more important. And if no one's helping you, then just clock them. Honestly, that's the only choice you have. Again, like I was saying, like the escape plan is important for situations and when like the situ the social situation itself won't give you like a natural, normal, like organic way out of it. Like I said, the yacht party, like everyone just leaves. It's really not that deep. But when a club closes down and you're exiting a table and the bill's coming, like that person who bought the table might be a little inclined to find a way to keep you around or to not let you leave so easily. Same way as in like, a guy that you're finessing for a drink might be inclined to like keep you around or want to hang out with you. Because again, unfortunately, there are some men that believe that by buying you a drink, like you owe something to them, whether that's going home with them, talking to them, exchanging numbers with them, whatever the case is. Again, the biggest thing I want you guys to take away from this and remember in regards to the art of finessing two things that are more important than anything else I've said. I mean, I have kind of said these, but these are the two most important things. Comfort, okay? Do not jeopardize your comfort for a free drink. Do not jeopardize your comfort for a potentially fun time. Like that's going to not be worth it if it goes south. And two, you don't owe these people anything. 
I sometimes I'm that's why I'm saying I literally you have to read the situation and move accordingly like there are times where I literally don't give a fuck and after this man buys me the drink I dip out and like five minutes later he sees me talking to some other guy like trying to finesse a drink from him it doesn't matter it's not that deep if people want to say shit about you finessing and specifically the people you finessed are trying to clap back at you literally walk away because they're the idiot for literally buying you the drink in the first place like they're not that cool they're not that funny they're not that they're not all that so for them to think that a bad bitty like you was going to be talking to them because you were actually interested is quite quite literally comedy so like I said two big things comfort and remembering that you don't owe these people anything are going to be like the foundation for the other four things that I told you, which were confidence, reading your audience, making said audience feel special and heard, and your escape plan, okay? But like I was saying, back to the escape plan, your escape plan has to be something subtle that seems organic, okay? My favorite go-to is I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Just say you have to go pee. Um, if you have your phone on you, text your text one of your friends and tell them like to come get you to go to the bathroom, okay? Literally, and this is exactly verbatim what I do. Sometimes I won't even like text my friends. I'll just tell the person like I need to go to the bathroom, okay? And then they're like, oh, yeah, for sure. Again, this is after I've hit the lick. You don't go to the bathroom before you've hit the lick. Unless the escape plan needs to happen because like you don't feel comfortable and safe, then like do whatever you need to do. But um, yeah, so usually like once I've gotten my drink or whatever it is I was trying to finesse out of this person, then I'm just hit him with the I have to go to the bathroom line. Then I go get my friend. And then like as we're walking away, I make sure to be like, oh my God, I'll be right back. Okay, just wait for me here. And they'll usually wait. Sometimes they won't. Like some guys, like I see them like literally seconds after I walk away, they're like, okay, they know what just happened. And, you know, they know their place. They move along. But other guys do wait. So then I just make sure to literally act like I have no idea who they are and like, you know, just walk back into the crowd after I've gone to the bathroom, do my own vibe. If they're persistent and they come back up to me and they're like, I was waiting for you, just be like, oh my God, like I'm out with my girls. Like we all want to have fun. Like we don't want to be around guys the whole time, like whatever. And usually by that point, like they either have like my social media or something. So I'll just be like, just, just hit me up later. Okay. And then they're like, yeah, for sure. And then that's how I get them away from me. Part of the escape plan is also bringing up that I do not recommend or condone giving out your real number. If that's something you feel comfortable with and want to do, then do it. The only times I've ever done it is when I'm literally plastered and I just do it. Sometimes I do it for shits and giggles because I'm curious. You guys, this one time, this guy I gave my number to, he texted me and I didn't reply. So he FaceTimed me. And at the time I had blocked this one number. Um, yeah, so this one time I got this, this guy's number, right? And I had blocked another person, but then I unblocked them. So I thought that was them trying to FaceTime me. So I picked up because I'm a little toxic piece of crap like that. But, um, anyways, so I picked up and then it was this guy from the bar and I never clicked so fast in my entire life. I was like, oh my God. But, um, yeah, the only other times like I've given my number out is when I'm literally plastered and I don't recommend it because then some of them will blow up your phone and it's really quite frankly annoying. Um, but 
instead of like giving out my phone, I always suggest I'm like, oh, like just add me on Instagram or just add me on Snapchat, which like all these little man whores love anyway, because that's all they want to do is like smush. So I'll literally just be like, oh, just add me on Snap, like snap me later. Ew, I'm literally cringing at saying that. But then if they're older, like they're old men, you know, sometimes I will like give my number because like I know I can just like easily like get rid of them in the sense that I can just like not text them back and it's fine. It's really not that deep. But yeah, having an escape plan is how you figure out like how you're going to get out of the situation once you've hit your lick. Now that I've kind of like told you all about the art of finessing, I want to tell you guys about this really freaking funny story that happened to me recently. Okay, so there is this one place that me and my friends frequently go to for Taco Tuesday. We stopped going because, oh, Lord, there's something in the air there. Like the way you just immediately black out the second you walk in, like it's just insane. I don't know what it is. I don't know. The vibes are good, but like Jesus, I think it's because we black out that they're good because I swear it's not all that. But anyways, this place we used to go to all the time. This is where I met one of my like returners is what I call him because like I started seeing him there all the time after the first time I finessed him, right? So the first time like I met this guy, like he came up to me and he already kind of had like a group of girls like sitting at his table and he was like talking to me, being nice and like whatever. And so like I started talking to him, you know, just typical finessing things like I'm reading my audience, I'm figuring out the vibe is with this man. And so we're talking, we're getting along really good. And that night there, I think there was like a guy in the group that came that I went with. Um, Like there was a guy in, a, in the group, right? So I was like, okay, I got to make sure I finesse for him. Because that's like one thing about me is like, if there's dudes in the group, I will finesse for everyone, not just the women. Because like, obviously, those are my those are my bestie bays. Like, I want to make sure they they're good. I was like, okay, this is this guy's gonna be the one because I could just tell the way he had girls all over his table and like the way like his vibe. I knew this man was ready to put down the shmoney to make sure me and my friends had a good night, right? So I immediately ditched all my other like possibilities because I had been like I talked to a couple of men already throughout that night, but none of them like none of them made me want to seal the deal or like entertain them long enough. Like I said earlier, like you read the room and kind of figure out like, is this worth putting in the work of finessing? Yes, no. And I decided no, which obviously duh, it was because this man was going to be the finesse of the night. So anyways, me and him like hit it off. We start talking and then like he thinks my friends are pretty. So it's like even better because obviously I'm only friends with pretty people. But um, then literally he basically tells me, oh, like, go get yourself a drink, like, from the bar. Um, Tell them it's under this tab name. This – he should have never gave me his tab name, first of all. And second of all, like, it's not my fault. So anyways, I'm like, okay, for sure. So I go to the bar. I tell them the tab name. You know, I got to test the waters first because some bartenders will turn you away if you're not the person whose tab name it's on, especially because they know most of the time if it's a big spender like he turned out to be, they knew him, you know. So I like go up to see if it'll work because then if it does, obviously I'm going to tell my girls and like get a drink for like my friend that was there with us. And then, or our friend, he was friends with all of us. 
And then um, I go up and I like I'm like okay like let's hope this goes well and like hopefully you didn't give me like some weird last name or something that's like off. So I go up and I'm like hi like can I get a drink on this tab? And then then she starts saying like oh like where is he like you know like to make sure that this is the right tab and I was like oh like he's at his table right now like this and that anyways thankfully like he like came up right behind me and he like starts yelling at the bartender lady he's like get her her drink like and I was like whoa so I literally uh, okay also I had a certain amount of like power over this man not power like in a negative way but just like we had talked long enough where I was comfortable enough saying what I said which again is another thing like reading your audience knowing if you can be playful with them or not in that sense and I just like turned around and I was like oh my god like don't be so mean to the bartender like she's just trying to make sure like no one like you know buys things on your account without you knowing like blah 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 which is exactly what I was gonna do so I don't even know why I was threatening like that but Anyways, then the lady's super nice. She gets me my drink, blah, blah, blah. He gets his tab or whatever. And then he starts telling me, again, you give these people an inch, let them make a mile. So I'm like, oh, like she – I was like, she recognized you right away, like this and that. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that's so crazy. Like she must be really good with faces or something. And then he goes off, oh, no, like she knows me. Like everyone in this bar, like – or like this place knows me like I frequent here a lot like I come here a lot like this and that like I always have an open tab and that was like my green light to go and like get my whole group stacked so I was like okay like sounds good like for sure so I get my drink and I'm like okay like I'm gonna go back to my group just to let them know like I'm okay and like I'll come back in a little and he's like yeah like come back to my table like I want you to meet all the other girls here blah blah blah. so I'm like okay anyways the rest of the night, like, we're just going back and forth to, like, you know, finesse him. And, like, sometimes he would come to the bar with us. Sometimes he wouldn't. And we'd just go alone and give his last name, whatever. It was a vibe, right? That night, I love to document when I do finesse because I just think it's hilarious. So that whole night, like, I was just boofing on him the whole time, like, taking videos of, like, it's on his tab. It's on him. And, like, a couple of times, like, the bartenders would crack up because they knew Mans was getting finessed. But, like, you know, they're just doing their job. And another thing is, too, is because, like, whenever I finesse, mm, I take care of my bartenders who are watching the finesse. Like, I make sure the person I'm with, if I can, um, tips them well. So, like, sometimes, like, I've had it where, like, the guy who's buying me the drink will be like, oh, like, you can, like, sign for it or, like, whatever. And then, like, he'll just tell me, like, you know, if it's, like, a scribble or, like, what it is or whatever. And I'll literally, like, tip the bartender, like, hella money or sometimes like I'll tell them like oh do you have cash like let's tip the bartender and then they'll like whip out a 20 a 10 whatever the point is they're getting a tip right which like most of the time sometimes during like really late club nights like not all bartenders do so I try and prioritize that too when I'm finessing that's not the point though sorry I'm going off into tangents in the story time but basically I'm like blowing up my private story with him because I just thought it was so hilarious okay fast forward you know like I see him a couple more times at the same venue but again like I said I never leave like my finessing situations with a bad um you know bad vibe unless I don't I really don't care but this man he was going to be like you know very beneficial in the future if I ever did run into him again especially because he said he was 
a frequent returner at that venue. So I made sure we left off on a good note, right? And so every time I saw him, he'd always, you know, greet me and like be like, oh my God, hey, like blah, 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 get me drinks, get my friends, even if they weren't the same ones that were there last time, like whoever was in my group with me, he would make sure we all got drinks. And he would always like get a drink with us. So it was like a good time. Then fast forward even more weeks recently, like a couple weeks ago, turns out <laughs> someone I go to school with, like I I know, um, he was at one of my friend's like birthday parties, right? And we were like talking and basically like he brings up that guy. He's like, hey, like, you know, that guy that you always like post that like you're like finessing at blank place and I was like yeah why what up what's up with that like why are you bringing that up that's so weird and then he was like yeah him he's my uncle you guys it was his uncle this man's uncle literally blood related uncle and I said I literally was like oh my god because like I mean I didn't feel embarrassment or shame because it's not my fault that like his uncle's doing those things obviously I felt really bad because like I was hitting a lick on someone's family member and when you put into perspective like that does sound pretty bad so then I was like oh my god like that's terrible and basically like the whole story that he had told me about like his family situation because again me and the returner like became kind of like besties like we're cool so um he was like telling me like one story and then my friend, we're going to call my friend. Um, uh, actually we're not going to give him a name cause even an alias might like, no, no, no. Okay. Basically my friend was telling me that like, that's not the story at all. That like, um, he's still married, still has his kids, like all this stuff, basically that he's like a shit guy. And I was like, damn. And then in my head, I was thinking like, that sucks because like, if I ever do run into him, I'm going to have like, now I'm going to have the internal, like moral ethical conflict of like deciding whether or not I still want to finesse him, you know? And so I was like, kind of questionable, kind of not. But this is like all happening in my head. I'm just thinking. And then he tells me, he's like, yeah, like I'm just saying that so that you think about like people you're taking drinks from in the future. (laughs) And I literally, the bitch was too stunned to speak because I said, excuse me, your uncle is out here doing the most and you're trying to tell me that I need to be careful about who I'm taking drinks from. I think the fuck not. I'm going to take a drink from anybody who be coughing it up unless obviously it looks a little bit suspect. But why would I have known that he was doing that? And also I kind of always assume that every man says what they need to say in order to get what they want, which in most cases is either attention and conversation or energy from a woman. So I just assume all men are liars. So every time he was telling me his stories, like the returner guy at this venue, like I always believed him because I was like, okay, yeah, it's really not that serious. And I honestly don't care to know his life story or personal life like that. Like as long as I get my drink and my friends get their drinks, like it's cool. You do your thing. I do mine. But now after hearing this, I'm like, damn, these people really be living double lives and I, the finesser, am the one that's getting boofed on because I should be careful about who I take drinks from. I'm sorry. Love my friend. He's super cool. But like, I was like, in my head, I was like, hell no, that doesn't change anything. Like he should just stop going to bars and buying drinks for young girls. Okay. That's not my problem. Like, you know, what can I do? 
But anyways, that's my story. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious when I found out because I was like, only this would happen to me. Only this would be my luck that the man I've been finessing is someone I know's uncle. Like, why should I be embarrassed? You should be embarrassed. Like, what is this about? And I mean, not that he should be embarrassed. Obviously, it's not his actions. It's his uncle's. And it's completely, you know, distinct from him. Has nothing to do with him. But I just thought it was hilarious that he, like, ended things by saying, like, you should be careful who you take drinks from. Um, How about you shut up? No, I'm kidding. No animosity towards him. The conversation was funny. And it was just, like, a funny thing. So I thought I would share it with you guys. <laughs> Yeah, that's it for this episode. This one's pretty long, you guys. I guess, I like I said, I could talk about the art of finessing forever, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned how to finesse and hit your licks. Please try this out when you go out next time and let me know if it works. Um, it's all about confidence, ladies. It's all about walking in there like you own it. Trust me, half of these men would do the most to get your attention anyway. So like, just get the drink. Like, own your thing. Also, another thing that I do, well, I just do this in general, but I don't really carry my card with me, like my debit card or credit card, because I know who I am. And the one time I did carry my card with me, I opened a tab and was buying everyone and their mama drinks and shots. And thankfully, it wasn't as expensive as I thought it would be. But my bank account was definitely down in the dumps for that. So that's one of the reasons I don't do that. But also because then it kind of forces me to kind of be in like survival mode. <laughs> that sounds so dumb because I'm literally talking about finessing drinks. But literally it kind of forces me like I have no way of buying the drinks myself. So I kind of have to hit the lick. But obviously there's like Apple Pay and things like that, which most bars now thankfully have. So it's not like I genuinely have no means of getting a drink or I could always like Venmo a friend or sell them. But I try to avoid that because like why – like the way I look at it is if you're a girl, like why should you have to pay for your drink, okay? Like let's just embrace the misogyny and sexism that exists for a second and finesse these men, okay? So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned a lot and I hope this helps you in all your future finesses. Make sure to leave your comments and topic suggestions or questions you have in our DMs at Brutally Unfiltered on Instagram or in my personal Instagram's DMs at Jessica Fuentes with an underscore. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and review it. You can review it off of your Spotify app. Give it five stars. If it's a negative review, take it and shove it up. But um, yeah, thank you so much, guys. See you next week.